That's when I realized I feel like I can build out a mentorship program because um, after searching online, there there aren't any that are really popular, I would say. Um, I feel like you would have to be in a certain community and that probably offers mentorship, but there wasn't a website or anything that was like, find a mentor. Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. So yet again, I always record these intros super late at night, so I'm sorry again if I sound tired, but I hope your Monday morning is going well. I hope the week is good. Maybe there's some sunshine where you're at. In Vancouver, we had a week of like intense sunshine. It felt like summer. It was like 23 to 23 to 25 degrees. Uh, that's Celsius. I know a lot of um, Americans or you know Californians are like, that's so cold, but it was really warm for us. Um, then it was like a right now it's just like a week of just straight rain which is really shitty but on a lighter note today's guest is amazing joss she's just done so much she's worked for ellen netflix she's currently at disney um, and she's also the founder of a really interesting platform so if you're struggling to find if, if you're female especially or female identifying struggling to find a mentor Margot is you know the platform for you it's really cool um, and we had a really great conversation just chatting about working for larger corporations working in marketing interviewing people life in canada versus uh, la what it's like to be an entrepreneur and she's still working at disney so she's doing that full time and then also she just launched uh, Margot, And then we end the episode, as usual right now, with some rapid-fire questions. We talk about her favorite TV show. Spoiler alert, it's younger, and she absolutely loves it, and I can agree with it because it's a really good show. But this was a fun episode, so I hope you enjoy. I'm here with the talented Joss Richard. Joss is an Emmy award-winning producer who was born and raised in Toronto, where she worked as a television producer before moving to LA. At the age of 28, Joss has been formally recognized by the Daytime Emmy Awards and worked at Netflix, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and The Walt Disney Company, creating digital content and managing their content strategy. She's also the founder and CEO of Margot, and Margot is an inclusive online network helping women and gender marginalized individuals find mentors, provide virtual one-on-one time with them, and is the first platform to normalize women being compensated for their knowledge. Joss, I am so excited to have you on. Your career journey is remarkable to say the least, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Of course. So I want to kind of backtrack before to, you know, where you're at now, maybe your life in Toronto and kind of how did you get your career started? What did you study in college? And yeah, just kind of give the audience a little bit of a background info on yourself. Yeah, I like you said, I was born and raised in Toronto. I always wanted to work um, in film and television, specifically entertainment news. Um, I was the type of person that lived and breathed celebrities and movies and TV shows and whatnot. So I knew um, that's where I was meant to be. Um, So I went to school uh, for broadcast broadcast journalism and film. And I ended up getting my first internship at eTalk, um, which is a Canadian entertainment news outlet. And from being an intern, I was very fortunate to get hired after my internship. And that was really my first job as a producer, um, my first job in the industry. And it was, you know, producing, um, 
at first it wasn't producing red carpets and whatnot, but it eventually my career led me there. And I was going back and forth from Los Angeles to Toronto and interviewing celebrities, which was really, really incredible. And I think just the nature of my job brought me to Los Angeles. I was drawn to the city. I loved the weather. Um, and then I, when I moved here, I've been here for five years now. I thankfully was able to work at those companies that you mentioned, um, Netflix, The Ellen Show, Disney. And it's really, really been it felt like I was landing my dream job each time. And I've been very, very thankful and fortunate. <laughs> That's incredible. So I've had a few producers and writers and people from the entertainment world on. And I know with producing, there's kind of two sides of it. One of it's more like the business side. The other is the creative side. So for you, for producing, what side are you on? Or is it both? Um, I I would say both. Um, I've hit both in my career. Um, a lot of it was on the creative side where I was actually on the field writing scripts, working with the editor after, but then I've also, um, been a producer on, I guess you would say the business side where I would be overseeing our channel strategy, um, or like our digital media content, um, and sort of understanding what our brand voice is and not being so much on the field, but like you said, on the business side. So I've definitely touched both. Okay, nice. And when you're moving to LA, were you ever scared or terrified? Cause you know, when I think of LA and a lot of people do, it's kind of the hub of the entertainment world. It's kind of where like the big dogs are at. So were you ever scared or were you just kind of ready to take that leap in your career? Oh my gosh. I was so ready. I, I guess I was scared in a sense of, I didn't have a job lined up when I moved here. So I had a, I knew that I would have contract work. Um, I knew that I was still going to work with the company my Canadian company. And if they needed me in Los Angeles, I knew that, you know, they would use me, but I did not have a nine to five. I didn't have job security. And that's always scary because in Toronto, I could just lean on my parents and I can go back home if anything happens. Whereas I can't necessarily do that if I leave the country. Um, so it was, it was scary in that sense, but honestly, I was just so excited. I was more excited than anything. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine that. And what about working for those, you know, larger companies that we talked about, like obviously, uh, Disney right now, Netflix, Ellen, what was your experience? Cause I'm really curious to know, cause I don't really know anyone that's worked at, you know, Netflix or Ellen and, um, how was your overall experience working for, you know, those larger companies? I think it, it was definitely a shift. Um, I was used to, I, I feel like I've worked at large companies in Toronto, um, like Rogers and Bell Media are obviously like the key players in media um, in Canada, but coming to Los Angeles you know, it's so interesting because not only are you working for large companies, but you're working with people who have worked at incredible places as well. Um, and to say I worked at Rogers and Bell, nobody even knows what that means. Um, they, they don't need, that doesn't really mean anything. Um, obviously my experience as a producer was important, but you know, those companies aren't what they were. Um, so it was, it was a big learning experience. And like you said, you're like kind of with the big dogs and it's larger than life. And I'm going into work and I'm working at a studio, like the Warner brothers studio. And you see the, like the water tower and you see the sound stages and you're like, oh my goodness, I am in Los Angeles. Like I'm really working here. And I think it's, you know, when you get down to it and you're in the job, it's just like a regular job. But when you step back and you're, you think, oh my gosh, 
I, yeah, I'm in Los Angeles and I work for these companies. Um, it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. So now that you've had your hand in like the entrepreneur world, um, and you've, you know, you've worked, uh, you're, you're still working for those larger companies. What do you kind of like and dislike both being like a, maybe a smaller fish in a very large pond versus, you know, being your own boss? I really do like being my own boss. And I think I've always had a very entrepreneurial mindset. Um, I've never created my own business before, but I've always had ideas. I've definitely had a blog before I've tried creating an online publication and interviewing people or like a YouTube channel. I've just always wanted to do something that was my own. And I think owning something and being the final say in your work is something that is so important. And I'm sure you feel the same way having a podcast. It's, it's very different than having, you know, that corporate job, um, first having something that's your own. And I, I do really, really appreciate being able to work at large companies um, and that structure and all the things that they offer in terms of, you know, what I can learn, who I can learn from. But ultimately, I would say my dream is to be my own boss and have my own company. (laughs) I love that. And you're doing that right now. So how are you? Are you doing both jobs? I think you mentioned this last time we talked, but how are you doing both roles right now? (laughs) Um, you know, I struggle with this every day, every time I, every, I I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? I look at my calendar, but it's honestly one of those things where you have to want it. You have to be passionate about it. Otherwise I don't think you could pull it off. It's, it's so much work. I have put in so many hours, so much, so much, so many unpaid hours, um, and long hours. And it's, you know, it's one of those doing, I would have given up a while ago just because it's a lot of work. Um, and to balance both is really hard. I thankfully am working right now at Disney and they are so, so supportive of Margot, which I feel like that's a rare occasion. Um, I don't know a lot of companies that would be supportive of their employees doing outside work. I'm going to say I I can resonate a lot with, uh, you know, when I used to work at a corporate job and I was launching my podcast, it wasn't that they weren't supportive. They were never like, don't stop the podcast, but they were definitely a little bit weary of, you know, me working, um, you know, not for someone else, but doing this other side project. And I put in, I've put in so many hours and of course, for like a long time it was free. So I can totally resonate with that, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, what exactly do you do at Disney and, uh, yeah. How big is your team? And yeah, um, I so I work on the digital marketing team. So I actually manage um, digital campaigns for YouTube, for social, um, and anything that falls under the parks line of businesses. So whether that be Disneyland, Disney World, Cruise Line, um, essentially all parks line of businesses. Our team is pretty large. Um, and our direct team, we have about 10 I would say, um, that work on the paid side. Um, and then I also work with the organic social team. Um, and that's another team of, I would say about the same amount. So definitely, um, large, large team on both sides. Wow. Very cool. Okay. So do you mind (laughs) telling everyone how Margaret got started, how the idea came about and then kind of, yeah. How'd you launch this platform? Yeah. Um, Honestly, it the idea came during the pandemic where I, like I said, I always wanted to work in 
digital media, film, television. And I, for some reason, was just unfulfilled during the events of 2020. I just saw everything that was happening, the, you know, politics wise, um, the protests, everything. And I felt like I needed to do more. And I didn't know exactly what that looked like. I didn't know you know, how I could help. Um, but I just knew that I wanted to make a bigger impact than I was currently. And that is not saying that anyone that works in the space that I'm in is not making an impact. It's just personal preference and whatever fulfills you. And I, I just wasn't being fulfilled personally. Um, and so I was kind of sitting with that for a bit and I thought of different things. A lot of them were forced ideas just because I wanted to do something and they didn't necessarily follow through. But I was actually um, introduced to a mentorship program at Disney. And I've never been a part of a formal mentorship program. I didn't even really know what that looked like. Um, I also never had a formal mentor. So I definitely had women in my life that I had access to and that I could ask advice to, but it was never a conversation of you are my mentor. Um, so when I joined this mentorship program and was able to sit down with someone and, you know, have them say, where are you now? Where do you want to go? How can I help you get there? Was incredibly beneficial. And I realized how important it is for everyone to have a mentor. So that's what I realized. I feel like I can build out a mentorship program because um, after searching online, there, there aren't any that are really popular, I would say. Um, I feel like you would have to be in a certain community and that probably offers mentorship, but there wasn't a website or anything that was like, find a mentor. And I thought that that was a problem. And I thought there was a gap there. So as I was building out a pro um, the program, I was talking to a lot of women just to see what other gaps there were. How can we make this mentorship program different than anything else we've seen? And a large conversation um, that I was having with a lot of women, not all of them is that they were afraid, not afraid, but they, it was hard for them to ask to be paid for certain conversations. And I feel like you've probably experienced this. You've been, I feel like both of us have been on both receiving ends where we've asked for advice. We've, we've sent the cold emails. We've reached out on LinkedIn. We haven't heard back or we've gotten messages and, you know, for one reason or another, we, we don't do them or we feel bad or we do them. And then we're kind of like, that was not as beneficial as I thought it would be. So, you know, I feel like there's just a lot of gaps in how to find a mentor and how to approach one. And then also feeling bad, um, for charging for your time. And I think that this is something that is a new concept, um, to pay for mentorship because it's something that we're so used to getting for free, but I'm not saying that all mentorship should be paid for. I am essentially just giving women a platform if they choose to funnel certain conversations and ask to be compensated for them, they shouldn't feel bad to do so. And if they don't know how to have those conversations, they can use Margot. Um, and that is really where the idea came from is to help people find mentors and then also help advocate for women's pay. I just want to pop in and say, if you like this episode, please follow me on Instagram at wellnowwhatpodcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to a listen platform that you like to listen to. Let's get back to the interview. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I love that because 
I think I've used to, as you said, I've seen a few different platforms that connects to mentors, but I haven't seen anyone where the mentors do end up getting compensated for their knowledge. Cause I've, I've been on both ends as well. Like I'm quite early on in my career, I've, you know, done the reaching out, but a lot of people have come to me in terms more of like podcasting and how to start. And I've given a lot of my time just explaining it in like kind of the last few years of reachers that I've done all for free. And I realized, oh, should I, should I have charged? But then there's the people that are usually asking are either someone earlier on in their career. And I'm like, oh, can they afford to, you know, pay me? But there, yeah, there's definitely that fine line. So did you, right now you have, how many mentors do you have on there? And um, do you have mentees as well signing up or how are you getting the word across? Yeah, right now we have a hundred plus mentors, which is wow. incredible because when I started, or I feel like when we last spoke, I think I was, I only had I think I only had 50 come yes. launch. Yes. Yeah. And it's just been an overwhelming amount of women um, or mm-hmm. women identifying individuals that want to be mentors. And I, in all transparency, this was something mm-hmm. I was afraid of because I, I knew that people would be interested in Margot as a mentor, because why would you not? You're able to be compensated. It's an additional source of income. Why wouldn't you want to use it? Um, and mm-hmm. when I was building this out, I was thinking, I wonder if people will pay for this service because, you know, like I said, it's something we're so used to getting for free. So obviously there's, you know, the supply and demand, is it going to be equal? And, mm-hmm. um, I thankfully to my surprise have seen a lot of bookings come through. Um, and I really think that is because, you know, there's a large range, like a price range, um, in terms of what mentors charge. So all of our mentors choose their own rates and some, you know, you can get sessions as low as $10. You can get sessions as high as 200. It just really depends who you're booking, who they are, how many years experience they have, et cetera. A lot of factors go into it, but there definitely have been bookings and, um, I, the feedback that I've been getting from the mentees is mm-hmm. essentially, you know, thank you because I, I have such a hard time reaching out to people. Um, I feel bad reaching out to people at least, you know, this is a platform where, you know, you don't have to feel like you're cold emailing anyone or like mm-hmm. feeling bad asking for anyone's time. Like that's what they're there for. And they want to help you. And no one has to feel bad when obviously you put a price on it. Um, and I feel like there's just like another value added because you have to deliver if you know, someone is paying for your time. Um, so you're getting, I guess the quality time of someone they're actually really, really putting in their effort and having an engaged conversation. But to answer your question and how are we marketing? It's just mm-hmm. so far been, word of mouth, social. Um, we are actually work actively working on opening up the business to business side of it. So working with, yeah. So working with businesses, um, who are interested in building out internal mentorship programs for their employees and either offering them access to our mentors or helping them build out a program with their employees. So it's really, really exciting. (laughs) Wow. I feel like, you know, we've only Chad, it was only maybe a few weeks ago and how much the platform has grown. That's so incredible. You should be so proud. And also, you know, trying to balance your full-time job. I can't imagine how you do it all. And it's mostly by yourself, right? Or do you have um, a little bit of help now? I do thankfully have a little bit of help. I have, um, I do have an intern who is incredible. Um, so she's definitely been helping me with a lot, but 
for the most part, it is um, me. Um, And there are a lot of things that, you know, just like, because I know the ins and outs of it that I can do that she can't do, um, vice versa. So it's, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping end of year, I'm able to actually bring someone on the team crossing fingers. (laughs) Yes. Incredible. And with like Margot as like a business side of things, how does it make money? Do you take like a percentage cut off of the rates or where, how are you seeing to like monetize the platform in the future? Yeah. So what we do is we take a small commission off of every transaction. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, that is really the only um, source of income that we have um, because yeah, so we we don't have any memberships. Um, that is something I am looking into to see what would make sense um, specifically for a student membership because I know that some of the prices on the platform are not student friendly, um, and that's fine because I the Margo is really not for it's not specifically for post secondary. It's also for right. women in the workplace. Um, but to build out a student mentor or student membership program to just make this more accessible, um, also you know, hoping when we land these business partnerships and that's just going to be another area of revenue. But right now we really are just maintaining ourselves. Incredible. Okay. I'm thinking of ending the episode with a few fire questions. If you're okay with that. Oh my gosh, of course. The first question, if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would be and why? Oh my God. Okay. This is going to be a deep cut and I don't know who is going to understand me here. Essentially, there's a reason behind this. So have you heard of the show Younger? Yes. It's with um, Hillary Duff or no? Yes. 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 With Hillary yeah. Duff. So, okay. Currently I am binge watching Younger and I am in love with Peter Herman. He's the man who plays Charles, like their boss. Oh yes. Yes. He's very so, attractive. <laughs> he's a very attractive man and he's all I think about currently <laughs> these past few days. He's all I can think about. I would love to be his wife. So I would trade, I would trade lives with her for a day. I love that answer. I I haven't, I don't think I've watched the recent season, but I was obsessed with younger. Um, and it was like when, what was the, what the guy with the tattoos? I can't remember his name now. Um, Josh, Josh. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, he's it. And then Charles comes in. I'm like, oh, should she I pick know. Charles now? I know it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I know it's tough. I wish I, maybe I want to be that actress for a day. <laughs> Maybe I want to be Liza for a day so I can, (laughs) I can be with both of them. Love that. Okay. Uh, Next one. If you could buy any type of food right now, what would you buy? Sushi hands down, always sushi. (laughs) Okay. Is the sushi good in LA? Cause I know in Vancouver where I'm from, it's very, very good. It is. And I think it's because we're at this, I'm just guessing here. I assume it's because we're by the ocean, Mm -hmm. but if you go to Malibu, they have really, really good sushi. Amazing. Okay. Um, what was the biggest pinch me moment in your career that you're like, I can't believe this happened. Okay. So I think when I, when I got the job at Ellen, I think that's when I was like, holy crap, I have moved to LA and this is why I moved here. Um, another one, I would say a close second is when I was interviewed at pop sugar for Margot before we even launched. And I think that was like a because that was just me. That was my work. Um, and I was being acknowledged for it. So that was also really cool. But I, I remember the day I got the call that I got the job at Ellen and that was a real pinch me moment. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, if you won a million dollars today, what would you buy? And, you know, 
you can't give it out to charity. Let's say you can't do that, but you actually have to buy something. A house. A house. Yeah. Where would, would you buy the house? house? Um, my husband and I always talk about leaving LA, but realistically we can't because he he works here. Um, mm-hmm. and he also works in the industry, but um, I would, Hey, a million dollars, honestly, a million dollars can just get you a regular house in LA. So it's not even like I would like to get like a mansion or anything. I would get a house in like, in like Pasadena. Pasadena is a really nice area. Okay. Nice. Um, has there been any like mentors that you've had in your life that's been instrumental to your success? Yes. And I will name two by name in case they are, they listen. Um, the first would be Terry Hart and she was an entertainment reporter when I was younger. I've been working in Toronto. She has become a very dear friend, still stays, um, a mentor figure to me. Um, but she was the first person that really took me under her wing. Um, and it really helped me. And then the second was my first formal mentor at Disney through that mentorship program. Her name is Keisha McCory and she really, really changed my life. Um, so I would say those two. Amazing. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve. Oh my God. Just like annoying people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I have a lot of pet peeves. I know I do. I can't, I can't think of one right now. Um, honestly, I just feel like a lot of people on social media, um, Mm -hmm. annoy me. So I would say that also, you know what, you know, what annoys me lately. And I'm just going to say it Mm -hmm. is influencers who are posting about mindless things. Like when there are tragedies happening in the world and I get it, everyone has a job and they need, they need to make money, whatever you need to post about like this, these spanks or whatever you bought. But when, like when the uproar happened, um, in the summer with black lives matter, which Mm -hmm. is still a thing we should all be talking about. But I was, I was following people who just like were posting like clothing and makeup and selfies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, this is, this is no, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that too. Def- definitely during that time, even, um, yesterday or, or a few days ago, uh, it's hard to kind of focus on everything else that's, you know, going on, like going on, like on your feeds when there's like such big issues coming about. Um, so yeah, me too. I like, to, I have to mute some people cause I'm like, I can't see that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, what is right. Usually on my Fridays on Instagram, I do like Friday faves of like just things I'm liking, whether that's like books, podcasts, whatever people that I follow. So do you have um, a fave that you could share that I could post um, on Friday? It could be anything. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously I want to say younger and I feel like it's all I'm talking about. Seriously. It's yes. a good show. It's a good, it's really good. Binge. It's really good. It's- yeah bingeable. It's bingeable. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's fun. We're on a new season, so it might be relevant. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'll give you, I'll give you younger and then something that's a little more educational, I guess, um, is I just read Emma Gannon's. I hope I'm saying her name, right. Emma Gannon, G A N N O N, um, Mm -hmm. her new book, it's called the multi hyphenate life. And that's something that I was reading. And it really is just saying how there used to be this you know, this misconception of people that had multi-hyphenate lives. Like if you were a an actor, dancer, singer, writer, like you kind of were looked like 
people like frowned upon that because they were like, you clearly don't have your life together. You're like all of these different things. Mm -hmm. Whereas now everyone is living a multi-hyphenate life. We all have full-time jobs and we're all doing side hustles. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's okay to like have a bunch of titles on your LinkedIn. Whereas before it kind of looked like you didn't have your, your shit together, but now, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the norm. So that was a really interesting book. Okay. I'll definitely have to check it out, but I can agree with younger. I, yeah, I really loved it when I was watching. So now I got to watch the next season. You're already convincing me to, to check oh my, it out. I'm, hey, if you're watching just for Charles, like it is worth it. it. You know, it's, he's easy on the eyes. Let me know. Let me know what you think about this new season. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay. Um, two more questions. What, what are like maybe three words that you would describe um, about yourself? Um, and this could be maybe things that people might not know from you, just like based off of your LinkedIn and social media, like who are you really in like a few words? Oh boy. Who am I really? Okay. (laughs) I have, these are all going to be negative things. (laughs) They're going to sound negative. Okay. These are okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to be creative because I feel like everyone knows I'm like a very hardworking, compassionate person, Mm -hmm. but I have a very obsessive personality, meaning if I I'm watching something, I'm reading something, I go all in. For instance, clearly I'm into younger because I've mentioned it three <laughs> times, but I'm the type of person whereas if I'm watching a show and I'm into it, I will deep dive and I will watch every interview on YouTube, every blooper. Give me <laughs> all, yeah, <laughs> yeah give me <laughs> all of the content. I will deep dive and I want to know everything about it. So I have a very obsessive personality. I would say I am very, a lot of my friends say that like, I'm, I'm very like quirky slash weird. Um, I'm not, I have a very like weird energy, I guess, which is kind of weird to say. Like I, yeah, I don't know. My friends say that about me. And then also I'm an introvert and not a lot of people believe me because Mm -hmm. I think I know how to turn it on when I need to, Mm -hmm. but I am very much an introvert. Give me a Saturday night by myself with cookies and Charles from younger. And (laughs) I am happy. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. That's, that's very similar to my personality, especially when it comes to shows or anything that I like, like right now, I've been obsessed. I don't know if you've heard of the show Felicity. It was filmed yeah. in, have you heard of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's her name? Uh, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I never heard of it cause I think it was filmed in the nineties, two thousands. And then I found it on Disney plus and I was like, Oh my God, this show is so good. And I've been watching like interviews back from like early two thousands about it. I figured out that they were dating. Like I always do the deep dive. So <laughs> I feel you about that one. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Or who are the three most important people in your life? And I've asked this to a few guests before and they panic because they're like, I can't exclude people. So if you want to group people, that is fine. Oh, no, I'll we'll play by the rules. Okay, the three (laughs) most important people I would say are my husband, my mom and my dad. I think that one's an easy one that my friends can't my friends can't be upset by me saying that. (laughs) Well, your parents made you so. Exactly. I also it. can't, I, I can't say like my mom and not my dad. <laughs> I love but that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, you know, answering all those questions and doing this podcast and all my listeners, where can they find Margo? Where can they find you? How do they sign up? Kind of give the full plug. Yes. Yeah, so you can go on margocommunity.com. Everything is there. Our socials, 
information on how to become a mentor, how to find a mentor, how to book, how the whole system works. It's all on there. Um, I would say we're the most active on Instagram, which is at Margot Community. And if you want to connect with me personally, um, I am available for bookings actually on Margot. And you could also um, add me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn and I am open to talk to anyone. And that was Joss. Thank you so much for listening. I'll put all of her links down, of course. And if you want to sign up for Margot, let me know. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you next week.